Pray with the Gospel readings every day of the year with Sacred Space, the prayer book, 2023. The text of each day's Gospel passage is included, along with points of reflection and a prayer theme for the entire week. Put together by the Irish Jesuits, Sacred Space, the prayer book, is a wonderful way to immerse yourself in prayer using the principles of Ignatian contemplation. Find Sacred Space, the prayer book, 2023 at com or wherever you buy your Catholic books. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father of Gallia Homilies. Episode three. How are you going, guys? Good morning. Good morning. We're recording early in the it's morning. very yeah. early today. We've got crazy schedules this season and just fitting in recordings is difficult but, but it's the best but it's awesome yeah and we're, we're so grateful that we get to be on this platform in this warehouse and imp- impacting people around the world so we hear of so many stories of people even recognizing us through the podcast and that's uh, that's so nice that's so a blessing. good and if you're feeling busy and you're squeezing in time to listen to this podcast we feel yeah we're with you and it's yeah. so good we hope today uh, blesses you as much as it has blessed us already amen amen (laughs) before we begin the podcast we always start off with a beautiful prayer and just a reminder that we pray for you we pray for our listeners every single person who's listening so if you want a prayer to be spread further spread the podcast further because we'll automatically be also praying for them as well and if you're wondering if that includes you yes I mean you, who's doubting. Yes, we're yes. praying for you. <laughs> Ab- absolutely, absolutely. So let's uh, just a quick talk. I uh, um, very rarely get time to watch TV, like really rare. And if I do, I want something almost on the background mm-hmm. that doesn't make me think, that doesn't make me worry, that doesn't um, sort of, I, I, don't, I, I don't like highly intense programs. So just a question, is there a TV series that maybe that you like, you binge watch, that you even go back to your favorite of all time TV series? Man, do you know what? This is like embarrassing confessions, but I have been flying a little bit. And um, like you said, I just needed something that was just going to unplug me. And so I found this show on Netflix. It's called, don't judge, it's called <laughs> Chesapeake Shores. It is okay. so lame. Like <laughs> every part of it is lame and I know it. And then something lame happens again. But I'm just loving it. It's like easy, cutesy, super lame. And yeah, yeah. I highly recommend. I watch like... Back, I flew to Darwin, so it was like four hours away. Said some prayers, and then I jumped into Chesapeake Shores. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, oh, look, look it out, yeah. And you, how about yourself, Me, Okay, everybody loves Raymond. Oh, oh, so wow. oh nice. I love Back. it. It's so funny, <laughs> and I just love that you can just watch any episode and know what's going on. Yeah. But recently, there's a new show on late at night. Um, it's called Mom, or like. M-O-M. Uh, oh, I think right. it's Mom. on Netflix too, isn't it? Or it's one on of Netflix those, yeah. too, but it's actually on like live free-to-air TV. Oh, okay. And every night, like, well, the nights that it's on, <laughs> I watch it and I love it. And it's so good. That's amazing. I, I have a sort of appropriate one and an inappropriate <laughs> one. Um, one that uh, um, I always, I, I love um, sort of things like crime, okay? Like mafia and things oh, like that. Oh, stresses me out. Can't do it. No, I just, uh, but I just watch it like a documentary type of thing. So I, I like to watch a s- short series like that. 
that's the the appropriate <laughs> one. <laughs> but then I have this series which I don't watch, I don't endorse, and I don't even know if I should mention. It's a cartoon called Family Guy. Now it's 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 rude, it's crass, but somehow in the background I can just play it and then just um, play play on my phone and do my work and so on. Um, but again, I don't know if I should have said this because <laughs> well, it's really well, <laughs> can be really inappropriate. Prepare for the influx. <laughs> yeah, that's right. People, I'm being honest here. Maybe I should stop watching it. But I, even from when I was a seminarian, I used to have a bubble head of Stewie <laughs> <laughs> in my office. There's something about funny shows are good. Like yeah, I love just funny ones. laughing. Yeah, uh, that's what just I like. And it's just like I just sometimes you just need to stop to laugh. But anyway. Um, but uh, and then I watch my um, first thing in the morning. First thing I always put on every morning is I put on my God TV, oh, and I so watch a preacher. Um, always have a, have a morning preacher. I want to feel inspired yeah. as well as I begin my day. Okay, so let's hear as we begin from our sponsors. Delight in the arrival or gifting of a beautiful Modern Grace subscription box containing Catholic items thoughtfully put together to inspire, encourage and help you grow deeper in your faith. Available on a subscription plan and automatically delivered to your door every three months. Little Box of Light gift boxes will fill you with hope and inspiration to follow Jesus in your everyday life. Each box is of similar value and will contain a minimum of four items ranging from inspiring Christian reads, devotions, journals, gentle encouragement to bring you back to prayer, home, office, decor, to serve as a reminder of God's presence, scripture-themed products to express your faith and self-pampering. Share your faith with others by gifting them something from your box or an entire subscription. These make beautiful gifts for Catholic women, men, children and families. Subscribe today at www.moderngrace.com forward slash subscription. So how awesome is that in Modern Grace? This is a store that um, supplies all our FRG ministry stuff and we're so proud to partner with them, to work with them. But now they have these incredible subscription boxes. So like if you sometimes you don't know what to get and it's heavily discounted, like um, you get like almost 50% off by getting these subscription boxes. I've seen it. It looks amazing. I want it. It's like the mystery box series that we had yeah. back in season but something. Better. Yeah. Yes, it's like surprise <laughs> me and like good quality wholesome stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Can yes. you please buy me one? <laughs> and yeah, and you get stuff. We'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Your birthday's coming up. It is. <laughs> but their boxes, it's not only, even if you already have something, you know, say, okay, I have a, um, a candle, I have a, a rosary bead or whatever comes with it. It's uh, it's awesome stuff. Like I probably know less than than Alyssa, but um, w- w- you can give it away. It's an evangelization opportunity as well. So I love that you can like stock up on gifts. My sister Maria always does this. Stocks up a whole closet of gifts, but mm. sometimes you just need that sort of the Jesus gift to offer hope to someone, or someone's yes. going through a hard time and it's got that quote on it, or yeah, offers the the encouragement. So I'm yeah. excited to check it out. Mm. Absolutely. And so we encourage you just to check out their website, moderngrace.com.au forward slash subscription. So let's get straight to our scripture reading today, which is a, a beautiful reading taken from the first letter of Timothy. Timothy was a young guy. Um, let, let's listen to the story. My advice is that, first of all, there should be prayers offered for everyone, petitions, intercessions and thanksgiving and especially for kings and others in authority, 
so that we may be able to live religious and relevant lives in peace and quiet. To do this is right and will please God our Saviour. He wants everyone to be saved and reach full knowledge of the truth. For there is only one God and there is only one mediator between God and mankind, himself a man, Christ Jesus, who sacrificed himself as a ransom for them all. He is the evidence of this, sent at the appointed time, and I have been named a herald and apostle of it, and I am telling the truth and no lie, a teacher of the faith and the truth to the, to the pagans. In every place then, I want the men to lift their hands up reverently in prayer with no anger or argument. A really beautiful reading and there's a lot that we can draw out of this, but just to start off, maybe a little bit of context, this letter is written by Paul and it, Paul's talking about his priorities for the growing church of Ephesus. And even though it doesn't talk about the Eucharist specifically in this letter, we can kind of gather that he is talking about the liturgy. Um, um, and this is what he's talking about, how we should, what things we should do in the liturgy. Yeah, and uh, how we should behave and how also. But I think uh, ultimately he's coming to the, the point of salvation, that only Jesus, only Jesus can save us, but also um, that we need to pray for the salvation of others. Mm. And that's a big thing. Like It's very clear that this, there's a strong message that prayer is not exclusive, that we are to pray for everyone. Um, yes. And, and I was really, um, I had just done some study for this yesterday and went shopping and I was like, it was fresh on my mind. I was like, I pray for that checkout chick. I pray <laughs> for that guy in the line. I pray for that guy walking by. I'm like, gosh, that's yeah. like everyone. And it's the people we see. It's the people we know. It's the situations we're aware of. And it's the people who whose lives are perhaps unknown to us, but we know they might need prayer. And it's the people who challenge us and hurt us and and our enemy and and this has really really challenged me lately um you know we've probably all experienced hurt and and that's part of life but as you know a particular person in my life who's who's um perhaps I feel has hurt me and I was really challenged in prayer the other night I feel like the Lord put their name on my heart and there was a little battle like I'm going to be completely transparent there was a little battle in me that I know God put their name on my heart, but I was like, I don't know if I can pray for them. Mm. And then the next morning um, I, I did because, you know, I was a bit stubborn and I didn't. And it's so interesting because as I was unpacking this, um, often when, when I pray, the direction of my prayer feels outward, right? But what I, I suppose came to my heart as I was unpacking this is that prayer actually changes us and praying for someone else actually teaches us how to love like our prayers aren't necessarily detached in a sense i feel like prayer brings us into relationship with the person that we're praying with and it i don't know there's something about praying that isn't just flat that it actually does teach us how to love other people people who are you know um you know hard to love and um, i came across this quote um, by saint Mother Teresa, I don't know whether you dropped the mother or it's, <laughs> I don't know, I always get confused. Um, but she said, I used to think that prayer changes things, but now I know that prayer changes us and we change things. Mm. And it's this mystery of prayer, um, I think, that grows something in us when we're praying uh, for someone else. And maybe that's what helps us forgive. Like when we pray for someone else, what that's growing in us and changing in us is, is our 
you know, capacity to forgive or our capacity to find peace as well. I don't know. Maybe that was just a train that I <laughs> got on. And I was I the like only one on the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like that. I really do. It's it is true that when you pray for someone, you sort of grow in love for them mm. and like care for them and you nurture them. And this is something that I have that happens often to me, but also for me in a sense that so many people just are. Uh, in contact with me and and saying hey father rob i'm praying for you i pray for you every day and it's just i feel like for me especially like th- they're often the mothers and fathers i i just have this love for them because they're praying for me and not just saying like hey i'm praying for you but you know they're praying for you mm-hmm. because they pray for you all the time they tell you they um and, and they have these messages and they this intuition about your life as mm. well and they speak into your life because <laughs> this is what prayer does when you're praying for someone it gives you an insight into their soul into mm. their heart because the lord actually tells you what to pray for and so there is this unity this thing that when we pray for others it draws us to their heart it unites our spirit also with them mm. yeah it's really beautiful as you were saying that i was just thinking of all the people who we know pray for us as a ministry pray mm. for us as a podcast and just a huge thank you because yes. it's really a, such a <laughs> profound thing and um, yeah, we're very blessed. Yes, we are. And it's, we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for the salvation of each other as St. Paul is saying here. Because you see, here's the thing, that God wants us to go to heaven more than we want to go to heaven. God wants to save us. But the thing is, he also requires in the scripture, not only here in Timothy, that we pray for salvation. And that we continuously pray for the salvation of others. Take the theology of of, of the the three churches. So we have three churches, and the in the in in the church we have the triumphant church, the church that has made it to heaven. They are having church like full on with God in the presence of God and in loving God just face to face. Something we can only hope or dream for. Then you have the militant church, which is us here, that we we are on journeying towards heaven and hopefully god willing if we cooperate with the grace of god we will get to heaven to be the triumphant church as well but then um, we also have the suffering church the church in purgatory now the church tells us very clearly that we as the militant church need to pray for the salvation of those who are in the suffering church because they cannot pray for themselves people in purgatory cannot pray for themselves they we need to pray for them the church also triumphant prays for the church um, the church suffering and the church suffering will eventually make it to heaven mm-hmm. but we need we need to pray we need to pray and so this is deeply ingrained in our theology but also not only that as a parish priest i work in a, in a parish do you know that according to canon law, and now this is the law of the church, you obey the law of the church, it, the parish priest every Sunday needs to offer at least one mass pro popolo for the salvation of his parishioners. Wow. So he's, uh, at one mass he's not to take any other intentions, but he has to offer one mass pro popolo because it is so important that the parish priest, that the priest um, offers and praise for the salvation of the people. Now, um, yes, it's the ordained ministerial priesthood, and this translates to us um, being as well a people, a priesthood that prays for the salvation of others and our royal and common priesthood. But also, also one more thing, just during after confession, you know, we hear sins. One of the things that we often do and we're trained to do is after confession, 
we go and stand or sit or kneel before the blessed sacrament and we pray for the salvation of those we have heard the confession of so we don't it doesn't the, the prayers don't end in the confessional we pray for those people we pray for the grace we pray for the strength to be able to to live holy lives and eventually make it to the triumphant church yeah that's really beautiful one thing i like to do whenever i pray the rosary is offer it for the salvation of souls if i can't Amazing. think of an intention so that's something that if you're listening and you'd like to do you can definitely add that to your prayer um I wanted to say we're all given a responsibility to pray mm-hmm. as we share in the royal priesthood of Christ through our baptism. A bit of a like theological like craziness. What does all of that mean? Well, I loved learning about this. In the Old Testament, intercession, praying for other people was a responsibility given only to the priests. But in the New Testament, it's the responsibility of the priesthood of all the faithful. Um, I remember I used to go to a parish um, and the priest would always say, we need to exercise our offices of priest, prophet and king. And he used to drum it into our minds all mm-hmm. the time. And I n- never really understood what it means. Um, but through our baptism, we share in these offices. Um, so Father, I mentioned before, there's the ministerial priesthood, which is given to people through the sacrament of holy orders. But there's also the common priesthood, which is given to everyone through baptism. And because of that, we have a responsibility to pray for other people. Now, we can learn a little bit more about this royal priesthood in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. Also in the Catechism, if you want to look up 1267 and 1268. So the role of a priest is that they offer sacrifices to God. So ordained priests um, do this through the Eucharist, but the laity, we actively participate in this by offering ourselves and our gifts and our sacrifices, mm-hmm. and we're called to do this to pray for the salvation of others. Yeah. And and suffering too, offering our suffering. Mm, yeah. I think this is so important, something we forget as well, for the salvation of others, redemptive suffering, redeemed, redemptive mm. means to be saved. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, one beautiful prayer um, to pray for the salvation of others is to offer our suffering as we do the rosary, as we do our prayers for the salvation of others. I think also our prayers need to, prayers aren't just um, like I've prayed it and then I'm detached from the prayer in a sense, um, not in a strict way, but I, I just, I feel like prayer needs to reflect how we live. So if you're praying, let's just say um, for those who are less fortunate, you know, do your actions in the way that you live after you finish praying, reflect that prayer for that they would come to know consolation. Like, are you consoling those who are, who are less fortunate? Or if you're praying for peace in a particular situation that's overwhelming you and yet you continue to bicker about a person, like you're actually working against your prayer. Mm. It's not a magic trick. We need to cooperate with our prayer because it means cooperating with God and, and I think God's ultimate will. So there's a... There's a call and response to prayer as well. There's many dimensions to prayer, and that's why I think it changes us, yes. or can change us. And it is a sacred thing to pray for the salvation of others. It is something sacred. Let me give you an example of how we can make the sacred unsacred. You know, um, is for example, you pray in an intercession group, and you pray, oh, pray for Mrs. Smith, poor woman. She was, um, she 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 did this sin, and we need to pray for her. It becomes like a holy gossip, mm. something that is sacred, something that becomes something that become that is a, a beautiful responsibility for us to bring a person to heaven. Can actually, even though you're praying for that person mm-hmm. becomes detrimental it yeah. becomes it works the opposite we way. sneak our fallen nature into things so mm. i can sneak Same. my fallen nature into things and under the guise of it being a holy moment or a context where it's like 
Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a good way of <laughs> doing that. Yes. It's not funny, but I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ignore that. But we we do, and and but prayer works. Prayer works, and so we need to pray. We need mm-hmm. to pray, and uh, we never know the fruit of our prayer. We never know how many people our prayer has saved and will save. But persevere, even if you're not seeing the fruit of your prayer. Keep praying. P- keep praying for the salvation of your children, yeah. your grandchildren, your family, husbands and wives. And what is salvation? like? And we've spoken about this across the seasons because this is what we're all about. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be Catholic or Christian. But it's to lead people to Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. He is salvation. Salvation is through him. So salvation isn't just a concept. Um, it isn't just a place. It's a relationship with Jesus. And so... Yeah, as we say, Paul, Paul emphasizes, you know, God wills everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, the knowledge of the truth isn't just catechesis, it isn't just teaching. The full knowledge of the truth truth comes in the form of the person of Jesus Christ. So journeying with people towards salvation is really engaging this full mind, heart and will collision and transformation and explosion um you know which is grounded in jesus who is the way the truth and the life you know as we read in john 14 6 Mm. jesus is salvation so let's lead people to jesus and there's a beautiful scripture verse um which says that um, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This is Romans 10. And how will they know to call upon the name of the Lord if you do not tell them? So part of the intercession, part of mm-hmm. the prayer of salvation is also evangelization, is speaking to people about Jesus, pointing people to Jesus. Now, you see, they work to pr- together. And I love the Bishop Joe Greg, who always used to say this. Prayer isn't everything, but it's the first thing. Mm-hmm. So we pray for people, but and then we also speak. We also lead people to Jesus. I love it. And and in this scripture, Paul refers to himself as the herald, he, as the preacher. And man, like just that image that we've been given this great gift and task to go out into the world and herald with joy the truth of the gospel, the freedom that comes with the gospel to, to go out and share that. And um, it can be really challenging sometimes. And I was just reminded of a quote I heard um, a priest share in a homily. This was years ago, but the one, you know, the ones that just stick to your face that you mm-hmm. never forget. And he was saying, um, you know, how sad would it be if someone came to you looking for Jesus, but all they found was you. Mm-hmm. We're not heralding ourselves. We're heralding Jesus. Sometimes we can herald ourselves when we show up in grumpiness, when we show up in picking and choosing situations to be consistent in or inconsistent in. Mm. And people see that. So are they seeing you or are they seeing Jesus through you? Yes. And sometimes they see us. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, and I'm I, I, say, I say that very, very no, well. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm just thinking to. of like the activities of the last week and I can think of moments <laughs> where, gosh, I didn't give Jesus a very good rep. <laughs> yeah, but it's good yes. to reflect on that. If, if I'm the only gospel that someone reads, what, what does that gospel sound like? Yeah. What am yeah. I heralding? You know, gosh, yeah, talk beautiful. about you. Remember the couple of episodes ago you said this challenges you like personally? Yeah. I'm just having a moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, go, in, go in the corner. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to say something really cool about this text. This text had a really profound effect on the liturgy of the church from like 
the mm-hmm. earliest of times. Like if you look at our um, general intercessions each Sunday, even our Good Friday liturgy, um, prayer for all humankind, the church, authorities, that forms a major part of that. And this text was really instrumental in making that happen. And again, just to reiterate that first point, we have a responsibility to pray for everyone. That's just, that's the people we love, the people we don't like, but also people in authority. Yes. Um, and praying for the church as a whole, for this, for them to reach salvation, to reach that relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And uh, ultimately, we're leading people to Thanksgiving. We're leading people to the Eucharist, Eucharistia, which is Thanksgiving. Let's hear from our sponsors. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. This week's reality check. We've called this one the politics of prayer. Bit cheeky. Bit of a, um, <laughs> I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. Just, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but should we be praying for our politicians? And do our prayers even make a difference? Let's maybe unpack that a little. Ooh, some some politicians, like, you think, like, I, you, you can pray for, but others, I just find it so difficult. But w- one of the things that we need to understand before we come to the premise of praying for our politicians is that politicians have a bigger impact than we realize on our souls. They have a, a big impact by the policies they make, by the accessibility of sinful things, they have. Um, they can change cultures. They can change attitudes. They can um, sort of um, dismiss the poor or elevate the poor. There's so many things that can. What politicians do? It's not only religious leaders. We tend to pray for religious leaders. We pray for the pope, the bishop. Fantastic, and we need to, and it's necessary. But also for our politicians, because they are, and are us in return, are responsible for the salvation of many. They are causing the detriment of many but also they can cause the salvation of many Mm. and a lot of this happens i do believe because we simply do not pray enough for our politicians Mm. yeah i I, again i was just really challenged like i kept going this like tennis match of does it work like when does it work and you know praying for um global politicians who right now in this world are responsible for allowing so much evil to happen on on their like um every time i pray for them it's kind of it feels too big like praying for them feels too impossible but i pray but because i hold up my prayer with this doubt it's sort of like my prayer becomes a bit of a whisper of like god can you actually do it like they've kept they've kept going and it's so interesting um, at work recently. I'm so thankful to work in an incredible Christian environment. But my boss was um, kind of giving a bit of a devotion, a bit of an encouragement to us in our team prayer. And he was saying so often and more often than not, we are guilty of praying for too little. But rarely are we ever or can we say that we're ever guilty of praying prayers that are too big. 
you know, and it kind of doesn't make sense because you can't be guilty of praying a prayer for too big because what does that say about God? But it was just a little um, check for me of like, goodness, like I am so guilty of praying tiny little prayers Mm -hmm. that limit. Ultimately, what that does is it, it says I'm limiting what I think God can do. And I'm limiting the character of God because I'm saying, oh, I'll I'll just give you just this little part of this prayer. But actually, I want to be guilty of praying too big. Yeah, I want to pray for, you know, Putin to stop, for evil to end, for his heart to be converted and for him to come to know Jesus Christ. And I want to believe that prayer with all my heart and believe that it is possible. Um, But just, yeah, a bit of a check. I suppose if we're not praying those big prayers, who is... Yes. And who knows like what, what we're doing. If we didn't pray, who knows what the difference is. Mm. And it's a consolation. And I think the thing we need to understand is that it is a command. We are commanded by Jesus to pray. Mm. We ask to pray for our leaders, for our politicians. And maybe we don't understand why. I like I don't understand why does Jesus need us to pray. Can't he just do it? He doesn't need <laughs> us to pray. But he asks us to participate in this miracle of salvation. And so we do it. We do it out of obedience. We do it simply because Jesus said it. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you're not sure how to maybe pray for your politicians, Mm. um, you said it before, Justine, we pray that they would come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Pray for them to have wisdom, discernment, effectiveness, boldness, and courage to speak the truth. Even though some of them maybe, you know, perhaps would be thinking like in, in terms of like Christian morals and stuff, it is hard to speak the truth in those environments. I mean, we will talk a little bit about that um, in some coming episodes. Um, but pray for them as a church community, but pray for them also individually as well. And I guess we're not here, to t- it doesn't matter where you come from or who your leaders are, what matters is that you pray for them. And mm-hmm. as you said, we're, we're commanded to pray. So praying for them pleases God who desires all of us to reach salvation. Yes, I like that. It pleases God. And this is what our aim is as, as the, the militant church, again, is to please God, mm-hmm. to honor God with our lives. And part of that is to pray for the world, to pray for leaders, because that's what politicians are meant to represent Christ. Mm-hmm. They are. It's not only religious leaders that represent Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we pray. We pray that uh, we'll have countries that do the, uh, the right laws and take away things that um, make more difficult access to things that are, are, are detrimental to the salvation of souls and lives and the dignity of life. And so we need to make sure that we pray. But again, as we said before, it's not only prayer. Prayer is the first thing, but it should change us, mm-hmm. cause us, move us to action, move us to love our, the hearts and the souls of our politicians, to pray for them, to know their needs, to serve them, but also to take action. So to stand against what is untrue, to stand for the right letters where we need to, to, um, to hold up banners where we need to, mm-hmm. but to also to, it should cause us to, to action as well. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this episode three of season eight. Um, be sure to follow us on social media and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, all things podcast are at our website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. And please get in touch with us. Send us an email, podcast at frgministry.com 
We'll also be doing a live Q&A for our season finale. Um, well, not a live Q&A. We'll be answering your questions mm-hmm. on the podcast. Email those through to us, podcast at figministry.com. And if you're bopping in your chair as I am to this tune, look up Sir Augie, Josh Angrisano on um, all the major platforms. He's got a great album out there and bop away. Love you and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Ciao.